Welcome to Unpacked Shorts with me, Katie Harrison, and Peter Franklin, who writes the Unpacked column for Unheard.com, looking at an article published recently elsewhere. Our guest for today is our editor, Tim Montgomery. Hi, Tim. Hi, Katie. Hi, Peter. Hi, audience. (laughs) Oh, dear. He is in quite a silly mood today, so I apologise in advance for the next few minutes. Peter, I think you are hopefully in a good mood. You've been thinking about optimism. Yes. <laughs> yes, this is um, this is based on a piece by uh, Marion Tupi of the, I think, Cato Institute in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is for CapEx. Um, and he is what you might call a new optimist, which are a group of thinkers who try to emphasize all the good things that are happening in the world. And there are many. And... Um, he was looking at why is it that so many people think the world's getting worse all mm-hmm. the time and and um, as you know the uh, polling on this is fairly clear people are pessimistic about the world well they're not just pessimistic they're just they are factually wrong aren't they they think mm-hmm. for example that hunger has increased yes when it's halved and they think that uh, an increasing number of people live on a dollar a day and far from it you know they they don't so it's not just pessimism it's just ignorance to to a large extent indeed and you know one of the things that um uh marion tupu was looking at was why is that Mm. you know why are we so ready to believe or even make up bad news (laughs) in our heads um and he blames it on well he's got two main theories the first is kind of an evolutionary theory that as a species when we were evolving we were very much attuned to danger to threats because if you didn't respond instantly to say a saber-toothed tiger jumping out at you well kind of you didn't survive and you didn't have descendants so we are the um, inheritors of a kind of um, pessimistic, um, even paranoid frame of mind. And so that is one of the reasons why he thinks we're so tuned in to bad news. So we're wired to notice shocks. Indeed, yes. But the shocks yes. are sudden, aren't they? Well, that's right. And this is the other um, part of his thesis, is he thinks good news tends to be kind of evolutionary. That... Um, you know, we've been getting gradually richer, that um, family size has been sort of coming down slowly across the world, not in, in including many countries where we might think that's not, not, that's not happening. Um, health so is generally... Health is improving. In, in some yes. parts of the world, yeah. 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 Um, and, you, you know, you see progress against various diseases. Um, but this happens, you know, sort of year by year, decade by decade, and isn't this sort of big shock um, that um, makes the news. Well, that's a good point about making the news, because the news is all about shocks, isn't it, Tim? Yeah, there's a sort of a motto that describes, you know, the newsroom culture. You know, if it bleeds, it leads. It's um, Newspapers will put, you know, crime and bad news um, on their front pages, on their page threes, because that's what sells. And, you know, 250,000 people may be being lifted out of poverty in the world each and every day, but if the headline in the newspaper is the same every day, uh, not many people are, are going to buy it. But if you are, uh, I think you know, the news media plays an incredibly important role in a society, but 
if it's a disproportionate role and you know you spend more time uh, absorbing the products of journalism than of history or art or theatre or religion it could lead you to become a person um, who has a, a misshaped uh, dark-shaped uh, view of the times that we live in. I think that's quite um, a live issue. If you look at things like the way that uh, people who are Muslim are portrayed in the news in this country, so I know from my... Do you mean in Britain, Katie? In, yes, Because we are an international right. podcast, right. Katie. Thank you. So let's yeah. talk about Britain for a moment. And being somebody Lucky having the editor here, oh, really, yes. isn't it? You know, keeping, <laughs> keeping you on your toes. Yes, I'm regretting it already. <laughs> um, uh, that writing on religion as I do, plenty of people that I know in the Muslim community have lots and lots of brilliant things to say and good stories to tell about wonderful things that happen um, and yet what we see in the news is something that goes horribly wrong um, because it is the bad news that works you don't have you know the news at 10 doesn't have the lead story about someone was nice to someone mm. today it's just that's just not news I do have a major objection to that whole argument okay. though um, it's not a total objection Shame we don't have time for it. oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh we do, we do. We do indeed. Um, and it's this, which is a lot of the bad news is slow as well. Okay. Right. So if you look at the build-up of instability in the financial system prior to the big crash of the last decade, that happens over a period of yeah. several years, right? Arguably several decades. Now, that, very few people saw it coming. There were one or two. Um, some of which became quite rich as a, as a result. But, you know, most of the economics correspondents, most of the academics, most of the politicians missed it completely. And certainly the media did not alert us to what, what was going on. And I think there's a kind of, I don't know what the word is, conflation or a confluence of both of those things, actually, that the, the news is wired for the urgent and the shocking and the event part yes. of the situation. Yes. And yet bad things are happening or, you know, negative things are happening over a period of time. I'm thinking of having worked in Africa myself, that if you look at a food crisis in terms of a humanitarian emergency compared to an earthquake, so an earthquake happens, we know the minute that it happens, yes. the day that it happens. It's on the news that day, it's important and there are devastating consequences for lots of people. But a food crisis by its nature happens slowly mm. and people gradually die um, and other people are very hungry and there's people are moving around and lots of things happen. But as somebody who's done humanitarian work, you sit and watch thousands of babies die before it gets to a big enough number that it will get on mm. the news. Yes. Yeah, I, I think going back to the evolutionary arguments, um, to head off one of those sort of slow burn crises like that, you need a very sophisticated response system, one that was completely beyond the capabilities of our, of our ancestors. But as modern people with modern technology at our disposal, you know, we can plan for these things. We can react in time. It's just that... Um, you know, we, we need to learn how to do that. Yes, We've got to force of course, ourselves. We do. And, that, I, you know, humanitarian um, operations do, of course, respond to those terrible things that are happening. But if one of the key drivers for, for shifting that is public goodwill yes. and you can't get the public attention until you reach a certain tipping point, then sadly, the construct that we're in at the moment means that... Um, far too many people die along the way before it's seen as urgent enough to precipitate yes. that kind of yes. public awareness and response. But then as, as ordinary people, we're not attuned to those 
uh, long distance events, you know, mm -hmm. climate change and yeah. so on and so forth. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> our ancestors didn't care about something that was going to happen in a hundred years time, but we need to now. Um, but it doesn't come naturally, so we've got to kind of force ourselves, got to get ourselves into those into those disciplines. So there's a bit of a retraining to do, and what better place to do it than unheard.com, Tim? Yes, uh, editorial announcement time. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if we're joined up in our editorial planning sometimes, <laughs> because um, uh, probably by the time uh, this uh, short podcast is published, um, we will have published a briefing from my former colleague at the Times, um, Oliver Cam. Um, he's profiled 10 um, cheerful leaders, uh, we are calling them, uh, 10 thinkers who have uh, come with various arguments. Uh, some have looked at the progress of academic knowledge. Others controversially have uh, attributed ongoing progress to the decline of religion and some of the religious attitudes that perhaps hold some societies back. And he's done an interesting set of profiles of people who have dedicated their life to try and tell the story of what's going right in the world. Thank you, Tim, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Peter, for your fascinating analysis. You can read uh, Peter's analysis and link through to the article itself by Marion Tupi at Capex on unheard.com. From me, Katie Harrison, and our producer, James Coney, thank you for joining us today. Please rate this on your usual podcast provider so that others can find us too. For now, goodbye. <laughs>